Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The role of the alpha is actually to keep the pack together. And the rest of the dogs know that, that that's the intent of the alpha. And they're not doing it with dog-like ultimatums. They're not, quote, barking. Well, I guess I shouldn't put quotes around it. They're not barking. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think dogs put quotes around it. when. No, they don't air quotes or barks. (laughs) Hey, you're listening to The Big Payoff with me, Rachel Bellow, and my best friend and business partner, me, Suzanne Musian. We're going to give you a chance to listen in on the conversations we're having at work that you will never hear at business school. And I would know, because I'm a professor at a business school. I thought you were fired, Suzanne. Weren't you fired? Not yet, Rachel. (laughs) Not yet. So, Suzanne, here's what I've been thinking about. And I'm curious what your take on this is. 2020 was a year where we all had to erect all kinds of new boundaries, right? There are just boundaries everywhere and boundaries coming down, like the walls between work and life came down. And going into 2021, everyone's recognizing how incredibly important boundaries are, right? Everybody's got this heightened uh, appreciation of boundaries and we're all talking about it, right? Yeah. And so everywhere I look, boundaries are being enforced and boundaries are being violated, especially as the vaccine is coming and people are like feeling all kinds of ways about that. So let's start with COVID, okay? There, there are the mask boundaries, right? So people yelling at people without masks on the street, which just happened to me today. There are visitations. Wait, wait, wait. were you the masker or the? No, I, yeah, I was the masker, and I had a little fender bender in the street and the guy came out of his car and was screaming at me without a mask. So the first thing I did was like, back the fuck up, buddy. Um, And then I shamed him about his mother and where he was raised. (laughs) Good job, Rachel. Good job. Thanks. Well played. Thanks. Um, But then there are visitation boundaries like, oh, you can't come over until I know that you've been tested. And and oh, oh my God. Okay. So Adam, my ex-husband, is going to Tulum, has decided with his girlfriend to go to Tulum for two weeks. Mm. And my daughters just freaked out about it. They're freaked out in the abstract, like, how can you do that? It's so selfish to others that you're spreading it. But in the end, my attitude is like, man, it's his body and it's his life. He's putting himself at risk if he wants to do that. That's fine. But we've had this whole family conversation around that and what is ours to comment on, which is a boundary. 
Oh, yeah. But what, but what I've noticed is, and this is what I want to talk about, is that a lot of time boundaries have bled into ultimatums, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't get tested in the next week, then I can't see you or you can't see my children the next weekend. Mm-hmm. Or like Eden, my daughter, said to her boyfriend recently, like if you don't get tested in the next week, then I can't hang out with you over the next weekend. That's an ultimatum. Oof. And, and I think people are feeling more empowered to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the most recent boundary violation that just, you know, shocking, shocking, although it was shocking to just see it actually happen was on Capitol Hill, right? Oh, I'm shocked. I'm so, I'm so shocked. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> didn't see that coming. But I mean, talk about boundaries being just wow. completely freaking ripped apart, right? Right. I mean, and, and just fucking with people's heads. That that was a serious boundary boundary burst, right? You know, essential workers are constantly. Can you imagine being an essential worker? Can you imagine being a a, a food delivery person, let alone you know a healthcare provider? I mean, just it is a boundaryless world right now. It, it it's so true, and I saw this great post on Instagram from someone named uh, at Brit Frank. It's B R I T T. Frank, about the difference between a boundary and an ultimatum. And that's really what got me thinking about this, because the post said something like, ultimatums are about power and control and relationship domination. Mm. But boundaries are about safety and space and relationship preservation. Ooh, that is right? so, that is so so that distinction really really makes sense right because you do have to make a choice before you set your ultimatum right like what is your intention right there are you trying to preserve the relationship before you give the ultimatum or are you actually trying to set up the boundary so that there's a line in the sand that gets drawn right it- Right. It's it's you can see it in the language that people use when they're setting boundaries, right? So here's a bound here's boundary language. Like, so in order for us to do this together, I will need this, right? That's a boundary language. As opposed to ultimatum statements, which sound like, look, unless this stops, I'm out. It's it's an either this or that. Yeah, it, but sometimes you say things in the heat of the moment, and you might say it in a way that makes it an ultimatum when what you really probably meant was a boundary. I mean, you know the one that feels to me really sad right now is um, that Kim Cattrall isn't going to be on Sex in the City in the new one. And you can just imagine that they probably did, like she probably set up an ultimatum, Right. It's really, you know, sometimes ultimatums are completely necessary. Maybe that's what she did, especially if she tried to set up boundaries before and then they were ignored. Like, I don't know, because Kim and I don't talk that much, but- but what she told me, (laughs) actually this morning, I heard a really good idea on Instagram for it, which was that just put a different actress in each episode for, to play Kim. Yeah, that's great. Great. That, that, <laughs> that would work. That would work. But but so 
So I just want to tease out the difference between boundaries and ultimatums and when it's okay to give an ultimatum and when it's necessary to set a boundary instead. So can we tease that apart after the break? Will you still be here? I, I don't I don't know. I have to check with Kim. I mean, SJP was really like wanted me to stay in the show, but I have to go check with Kim. Okay. Well, my ultimatum is if you don't come back to this show, I'm going to just get somebody else to do it with me. Okay. Well, let's find out when we return. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. All right, Suzanne, if we're going by the at Brit Frank theory, ultimatums are about power and control and dominating the relationship, and boundaries are about preserving the relationship while still protecting yourself. It's very clarifying. I love it. Right. But like we also said, premature use of an ultimatum is a knee-jerk reaction, which can come from just being emotionally triggered, like you said. Right. So if you're setting an ultimatum and you're feeling very emotional and you're not really in that moment, therefore thinking about preserving the the relationship, in fact, your cortisol levels may be so high that it's really feeling in that moment like self-preservation, then you're probably like in a situation where there's just no trust right there. And that's why your emotions are so high. So you're probably making demands. I mean, that's what happens when we feel that we're being triggered by a situation that feels the need for boundaries, right? So you just start making the the demands, the things you think you need in order to stay into the relationship. And and that's an ultimatum. But if you're setting a boundary, then you're really expressing the things you need. And look, I am not saying I'm an expert at this because I think, Rachel, as we know, setting saying the things you need in order to stay in a relationship or to make the relationship better can be really hard, really, really it, hard. It can. And it's almost impossible when you're in an ultimatum situation to not have your emotions run high because that's kind of the last resort. But a boundary shouldn't be a high emotion situation because the only reason it would be is if you have presumed that they're not going to honor it or that they don't value the relationship as much as you do, right? So if you can't decide whether to set a boundary or an ultimatum, maybe maybe the first step is to just ask yourself what your intention is, right? Yeah. Are you which are you trying to do? Are you trying to control the situation? and put power behind your decision to to tell them to give you what you want or what you need? Or are you trying to protect yourself in order to preserve the relationship? 
Like, do you have enough trust in the relationship that you can move from an ultimatum to a boundary? I think that's the key. What's your level of trust? Yeah. I, I mean, I just had to do that this week because I wanted my parents to be able to come with me, as you know, because my parents like you better than me, which I've grown okay with. Why not? Why not? But I wanted them to be able to come with me to Arizona, where first of all, I knew they'd be able to get the vaccine more quickly and they'd be able to get outside. So I wanted them to come, but they've been very, very serious and strict about COVID, as you also know. So in order to really make this trip work, I had to create boundaries and not ultimatums. I mean, I think if I had said to them, look, in order for this trip to work, you're going to have to only wear masks at this time because I'll be uncomfortable if you're wearing them around the house. Or if you think you're going to have to eat your meals separately from me, then I don't want you here. Like all those things would have sounded like ultimatums. I don't think they would have come. But because I said to them, look, here's what I need to feel comfortable. I need to be able to not walk around in a mask in my own home during the day. I need to be able to go into my kitchen and cook and not worry about you feeling uncomfortable. I think that's what allowed them to make the choice to come. Yeah. And you know what I've noticed, Suzanne? So I've been hanging out a lot with a certain three-year-old boy toy. He's literally (laughs) my boy toy. (laughs) He's my grandson, Milo. When Milo plays now, he's Three, right? So he's just now starting to set up boundaries inside a game where it used to be like, okay, Milo, here's the deal. We're going inside a cave and there's this monster, but then there's a princess, blah, blah, blah. And now he's like, no, 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 Maymay. I want to do it this way, not that way. And I do the same when I'm trying to get him to bed, right? It's like, Oh, oh yeah. you right? You get five more minutes. So go to my iPhone and set the timer for five minutes. And when it rings, then let's head up to bed, right? He never sets ultimatums. And I never give ultimatums because, well, first of all, it wouldn't occur to him to give ultimatums because there's total trust. Like, why would he have to threaten me with an ultimatum when he totally assumes that wherever he goes in the game, I'm going to go? And he wants to preserve the connection and assumes that I do too. But I would never set an ultimatum because you know what happens when you issue an ultimatum to a child, right? It's just like total rebellion. That is the best example, Rachel, because kids are the ultimate boundary setters. They want you to be in it with them. They're just creating their own rules to allow that to happen. It's so good. You know, I've been reading the book Cast, C-A-S-T-E, Cast by Isabella Wilkerson. Loved that book. Great, great book. And in it, there's this fascinating case that she talks about the way animals behave and dogs specifically in packs. And she talks about how we know which dog is the alpha. Do you know which dog is the alpha? How, how do you determine which dog is the alpha in a pack? What have we been told? The, the sort of strongest, loudest, uh, most aggressive. Right. You, you were taught almost that it's the dog that's setting ultimatums, right? Like do right, things right. my way, right? Like physically setting ultimatums, yeah. like barking the loudest, setting the ultimatums. But what she says is that is not true, that the alpha dog in the pack is actually 
the quieter dog who is leading by examples and showing how they want the pack to behave with a kind of quiet confidence where the role of the alpha is actually to keep the pack together. And the rest of the dogs know that, that that's the intent of the alpha. And they're not doing it with dog-like ultimatums. They're not, quote, barking. Well, I guess I shouldn't put quotes around it. They're not barking. That, yeah, that, I don't think dogs put quotes around it. when they No, bark. they don't air quotes or barks. <laughs> That's interesting because I think when you're giving an ultimatum, whenever you're giving an ultimatum, you're asking for something you can't really say out loud. What I think is like when I've ever given ultimatums, there's something I want underneath it that is so precious and pressing that I can't admit it because it's too exposed. So whether it's love in a relationship or like you're being interviewed and you give an ultimatum about what you want, what you're really saying is not, you know, either I can be out of here at 4.30 every every evening or I quit. What you really mean is I really have a life of, I value a certain kind of life that I need. And I'm wondering whether we can work on that, but you're too afraid to admit what Mm. you really want underneath. So is what you're saying here and why you connected that to the cast story is that when you can't say something out loud, you should just bark it. (laughs) No, no, I I think think you completely missed the point, but I know here's an example. Okay. Like in an interview, you could just like, if they, if you you don't know what you're negotiating for, just bark the numbers. No, I I think you just take a dump on the floor and that's pretty much (laughs) there. You don't have to say anything. You just Just squat and shit. Yeah. So when I was living with Michael. Your boyfriend of many years. So, and he had been drinking and I, we, we both knew that he was out of control on his drinking, but after years of trying to draw boundaries first, like, you know, you can't drink here or after this time of night, there's no drinking or no drinking with something like whatever it was, whatever boundaries I drew, they were Mm. just blown through. Then at some point, I remember exactly where I was sitting on my bed and in the afternoon, I had to set an ultimatum. And it was, you either quit drinking today and Mm. go to AA first meeting tomorrow morning or you're leaving this apartment tomorrow morning. Oof. Yep, that was the ultimatum. And he recognized that we had reached the ultimatum point, and it actually worked. So there are moments when uh, we're not saying don't ever, ever issue an ultimatum, but it should come after you've tried boundaries, right? Well, especially if you, if in this situation or for people listening, if it's somebody you love, you know, if it's somebody in your life where the real feeling that you have is wanting to keep them in, then boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. I mean, it's so ironic, right? I mean, look, my brother, as you know, is the ultimate boundary setter. He lives in California. We all live in Chicago. He decides when he sees us, but I really believe he does that because he loves us and wants to be able to at least maintain some kind of relationship. Right. On his terms. And and, and that was exactly. So I was actually trying to preserve the connection while ending 
that particular way of being. I could, I knew that I couldn't preserve the relationship under the current conditions. And you just have to know if you've tried setting boundaries and they're constantly ignored and you're just at the end of your rope and you know, there's no option, right? That's when you set an ultimatum. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I've talked about my mother before on, on this show. So if you haven't grabbed your your cocktail yet you sh- you you can do it now but you know i've spent much of my adult life trying to set boundaries with my mother and she blows through all of them and, and i did it because i really did want to have her in not necessarily in my life day to day but in the life of my family and my children well you so- first you first wanted her in your life and then it became so painful that you then, but you kept moving the boundary just slightly outward so that there would be yeah. some relationship. Some relationship. So the boundaries were things like um, she wouldn't stay at my house when she came to visit, or when I went to Florida, I wouldn't stay at her house, but the kids could stay at her house. Mm-hmm. You know, then there were boundaries around her significant other not attending events, but she could come. I mean, boundaries that were designed to just keep some kind of a lifeline but she kept blowing through them and when when somebody's blowing through a boundary you actually feel violated oh, i mean it's oh. a violent feeling yes right and oh. and you feel violated because you are the narrative that you have going on in your head is look i've been doing all of this to try to keep you in don't that's, you see that? That's why it feels like such a betrayal. Every a betrayal. boundary yes. violation feels like a betrayal. Like a betrayal. And so finally, you know, when every single boundary I set up was ignored, then there's an ultimatum. And I finally wrote a letter that I know you read and that in my mind was the ultimatum letter. Yeah. And that was the letter that basically said, this is the final set of conditions. And that unless these conditions are met, our relationship is over. And by the way, she didn't meet those conditions. And as a result, we have no relationship and I have to be at peace with that. Right. And I know how painful it was. And it was terribly painful for me with Michael too, because in the end, while the ultimatum did preserve the relationship for another, I don't know, a couple of years, it, it it didn't end up working. And in both the case with Michael and with your mother, the intent was, I need to break off this relationship. The yes. one that we're having now is not working for me. If you want another one, it has to look like this, yes. right? And so in both of our examples, we were pushed to the point of accepting that if the ultimatum weren't accepted by the other person, the relationship would end. You have to be prepared for that. Yeah. So Suzanne, we've talked about like when ultimatums are necessary I'm just curious whether you can think of any examples where boundary setting at work doesn't backfire, where it really feels generative and like it's really for the larger relationship. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, we, we meaning Stephanie Tano, who worked with her also, use her name almost like Kleenex, like a generic word for boundaries. And, and it's Hallie. So we worked with a woman who was the ultimate boundary setter in the most respectful, graceful way I have ever encountered in my life. Hallie was 
impeccable. She was very good at her job. So that was sort of, you know, phase one was in order to set boundaries, you have to demonstrate that you really care about your job. She was consistent. So whenever she said, you know, I cook dinner and therefore I'd like to be home at this time, that boundary didn't move. We knew when she was leaving work, she was clear about it. Her demeanor was so calm, Rachel, and confident. That's just, alpha. That's alpha. Yes, she was an alpha. Absolutely. So that never made us feel like she was doing it in a resentful way. She was just telling us what she needed. And so for being on the receiving end of that was breathtaking. I mean, the rest of us who are basically like, holy shit, why are we sitting here working until 7.30 at night? Meanwhile, Hallie just made all of us feel so good about her decisions. What's so interesting about that is that I remember my sister, uh, when her when Isabella, her daughter, was young, she was working in advertising in the city and living in New Jersey. And at around 3.30 in the afternoon, she would start to get panicky about what meetings would be called on the fly at like five that would then take them to six or seven. And rather than, I'm just thinking like she could have had the option to do exactly what Hallie did, which is to say, just so you know, I don't work past five, right? But she was a young, ambitious person and wanted, didn't want anyone to know. That's the other thing. She felt ashamed of her boundaries and she wasn't consistent. And when 10 years later she left the agency and they gave her a big going away party, the big banner on the wall for her going away party that her staff had put up said, love it, hate it, gotta go, right? <gasps> which was which was what she would do in anxiety, right, Ooh. at the end, in order to scream out of the city by 5.30 instead of wow. letting everybody know calmly. Yeah. Wow. Love it, wow. hate it, gotta go. <laughs> wow. I yep. mean, look, I, we've been saying before, and I think we I would just want to myth bust this, that even if you're a junior employee, being transparent about what you need consistently, you can Not do even, it. Even it's so impressive. Like it's so, so impressive. impressive. As long yeah. as long as you frame it as Hallie did, frame it in the context of I'm doing it for the larger relationship, for yes. the work, for my being able to do great work here right? Yes. It's not yes. just for me and my kids at home. It's, this is what I need in order to be fully committed here. Yeah. Here's how I maintain high performance. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Well, I mean, look, I, back to where we started, I think work is going to be really different in 2021 and beyond. I think the whole question of who goes back to work and I mean, back to the, to office. the office, yeah. yeah. And when and and how that all happens, I think no matter what, they're going to be a whole lot more people a working from home for a long time, and b when they go back to the office, setting all kinds of boundaries. Now that they realize, oh, I know how to set boundaries because I had to do that at home. So. No, I, they'll be saying, I know how to set boundaries because I listened to this great podcast. Oh, yeah. They, I listened to Rachel, and she made so much more sense than- Because she I, was barking. <laughs> <laughs> Suzanne, let's, let's check it out. Yeah, let's check it out. Let's check it out. We should check it out. 
I always feel like we have to make it clear that none of this is sponsored, even though it should be because of the many people who follow our wise sage advice. So I'll start. What the heck are you drinking? What was that? Cranberry juice. Oh, do you use one of those metal straws? Yeah. You're so eco-friendly. Wow. Wow. Impressive. As I drink out of my plastic Fiji bottle. (laughs) Okay. Let's check this out. This is um, a little shop in my neighborhood, but they have a couple of them or at least two of them. But one happens to be in my neighborhood called Little Barn Apothecary. And apothecary. (laughs) What did I say? Apothecary. It's apothecary. It's the and what did I say? Apothecary. Okay, I can't hear the difference between those two. That's a problem right there. So when we get to that word, just let me say it. Okay, it's called Little Barn Apothecary. I cannot hear the difference, but okay. Okay. It is in my neighborhood. They make, or he makes, because the, the owner is also the guy behind the the scents and scrubs, all kinds of delicious body scrubs. I sent some to you, Rachel. I for know. I use it every, I use it every single bath. Wait, which one do you like the best? I liked the coffee one a lot. It smells so delicious. I yeah, that's how they all are. There's a grapefruit hibiscus. You just open up these jars. Now, there, here's a fun fact about both Rachel and me. There, there are certain things that Rachel and I so weirdly have in common, and here's one of them. Rachel and I both detest the sound of precious jars opening. <laughs> like, like when you're getting a facial and behind you, they're opening yes. jars and then they're and mixing the liquids. We both (laughs) detest that sound. So I am asking you to go into the shop or to order them and think of us as you're opening the jar because actually it's worth it once it's open. And you can get it online. So just go to the website, littlebarnapothecary.com. So my check it out is something that I discovered actually out of the city in Nyack where I go for weekends. And I didn't know that, I don't think that they have it in the city, but I would, I, I bought one. It was so delicious. I actually made a special trip up there to get more. And I've since discovered that you can get it online. Okay. So it's getting cold here in New York. And at the, in the middle of the day, I have that sudden hunger, but also I'm cold. I'm just cold. And I need something that I can eat sort of while I've paused my Zoom or turned my camera off. It can't be like a big meal. I just don't generally have time in the middle of the day to eat like that. Oh, my God. Skinny souping. Mm. Forget the skinny part. It just happens to be low calorie. But I am telling you, it's these large, beautiful jars of all natural soups. And it's like tomato, basil, and carrot, ginger, Mm delicious carrot curry ginger. But the one that I I, I cannot get over is the broccoli arugula lemon. And I am not a broccoli fan, but I tasted that and it has real texture. It is so delicious and it completely fills you up. It's like you don't want anything more afterwards. It's skinny souping. Go to skinny souping. Just Google skinny souping and you can see you know, where you can get it. I don't know. Where I just I did. It, it looks city, like you can but... get them at Costco. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah. And the website's gorgeous. Yeah. Okay. Well, check that out. 
Wow. So there you go. That is our show for this week. And when you are back at the big payoff, Rachel, we are going to be talking about one of my most frustrating problems that I know we both share, which is the dilemma of what to do with those little pockets of time you find yourself with, especially if you've been working from home all of this time during COVID, where your calendar just has maybe 15 minutes, 30 minutes, sometimes even an hour, and you find yourself at the end of that time feeling like, where did it go? It got wasted. So we're going to talk about how you actually handle those micro pockets of time. I mean, I, I look forward to the conversation, but Suzanne, you said, Rachel, when you come back to the show, so are you just going to spend the night all night and all day on the show waiting for me to come back until we next I am. I put air? some diapers on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, then. <laughs> okay. I'll bark at you then. Oof. Bye-bye. That's all for this week. Thanks to our listeners and also to our audio engineer, Ryan Derringer at Welter Waite Studio and our producer, Ireland Meacham at Audiation. If you like what you heard, you can find us at bigpayoffradio.com on the Acast app or wherever else you listen. And remember, if you want to keep hearing our sage advice, my sage advice, remember to rate and review us. It really does help. 